Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Drama Queens of History. So, it's been a while since I filmed an episode. Um, I usually film back-to-back my episodes, and you know, it's been a while since I recorded. I really need to start cracking down on my schedule and just start forming more of a routine in general with my my like my research and also like putting out these episodes i need to get better at it but once again i'm still new and i'm still learning how to do this so yeah bear with me for the moment also like i made a tiktok account for this podcast you know just to promote it in advance um it's been doing really well like it's been doing really well it's it's done way better than i thought it would do um i thought you know maybe like oh like two or three people would like watch my tiktoks about history and you know some of my little like feminist rants but you know more people are interested than i thought so yeah i'm happy about that go follow me on tiktok that's at drama queens of history so yeah watch my tiktoks i'm still trying to you know make some and yeah i'm balancing that and you know researching for this podcast So without further ado, let's get into the subject at hand because that's what you're here to listen to. You're not here to listen to me ramble. You're here to, you know, talk about history. So yeah, let's get into it. And our subject today is Eltharine of Devon. So let's spill some historical tea on Eltharine of Devon. Okay, so with Eltharine of Devon, we are in the Anglo-Saxon era in England. You know, like we were in our kind of were in our Lady Godiva episode, it's still around that time period, slightly before Lady Godiva, actually. So, yeah. Eltharina Devon was born in or around the year 945. (laughs) We don't know when she was born for sure. Oh, these... Oh, history. Oh, history. You just don't record when women are born in general. She was a daughter of a man named... Or, oh my god, wait, hold on. She was the daughter of a man named Ordgard, the Elderman of Devon, and an unknown woman who was a member of the House of Wessex. We don't even know who her mother was, we just know that she's royalty, she's related to royalty to some extent. And, of course, we don't know who she is because, you know, misogyny is a bitch. That's my singing voice. It's not very good. So, as you can imagine, with the passage of way more than a thousand years after her lifetime, we know absolutely nothing about her childhood. I mean, we barely, we don't even know who her mother is. How how are we going to know, like, what her childhood was like in general? But we do know that she had at least one sibling, a brother named Ordulf. Ordulf? These names. All I gotta say is these names. I love talking about Anglo-Saxon England, but God, saying these names is... is it's, it's just hard. It's just hard, okay? It's hard. Ordulf was the founder of... Tavistock Abbey. I think I said that right. Yay, gold star for me. Now let's talk about what Eltharine probably looked like. Um, we don't know what she looked like specifically. Oh my god. It's, it's one of those stories. You know, it's gonna be one of those. 
where we don't know much, but we know some. Now, we don't know what Eltharan looked like specifics in specifics like what did her hair look what what kind of hair color did she have or her eyes or like any features in particular but we do know she was very beautiful she was a total smoke show and that plays a huge part in her story which is why we know that oh of course i swear women in history like you don't know anything you barely know when they're born you barely know who their family is but if they're pretty hey that's gonna be mentioned if they're pretty, it's going to be written down. Fuck the details. I mean, come on. She's beautiful. Who cares? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's just something I've been learning throughout my research. Like I mentioned before, we are still in the Anglo-Saxon time period in Britain. And the Anglo-Saxon time period spanned for about 600 years. Wow. And it was a pretty long time in English history, and I probably will look into more Anglo-Saxon women, but for the time being, let's focus on how we got here and like what was going on in Anglo-Saxon England around this time. Like I may have mentioned in my Lady Godiva episode, England was originally made up of seven small Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. These kingdoms were known as Kent, Mercia, Northumbria, East Anglia, Essex, Sussex, and Wessex. But by 850 AD, the seven kingdoms had been consolidated into three large Anglo-Saxon kingdoms, which was Northumbria, Mercia, and Wessex. Wessex would eventually end up winning against all the other kingdoms as the dominant ruler. So basically, and that's how we got the House of Wessex, which became like the main force in England at the time. And like I mentioned, Eltharine's mother is a descendant of the House of Wessex. Another famous member of the House of Wessex was Alfred the Great, the King of Wessex. His and his grandson Ethelstan, Ethelstan, yeah, I got that. <laughs> would be his grandson Ethelstan would become the first king of all of England and one of the greatest Anglo-Saxon kings. So these two were pretty powerful men and, you know, they are a big reason as to why Wessex ended up triumphing. Tri triumphing? That's not a word. Anyway, that's why they would end up, you know, becoming the main dominant force in England. That's why Wessex ended up taking over. But at the stand died childless and he was succeeded by his brother Edmund I. Edmund had two sons, Edwig and Edgar with his first wife, Elfgefje of Shaftesbury. Why did I say it like that? Elfgefje. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that, but I don't know why it came out like that. I swear, like, so many of the consorts in Anglo-Saxon England were named Elfgefje. I, I don't... I, I, that's just... It's, it's, it's a bit much, you know? It's a bit much. I, it was the trend at the time, just so you know. Just so you know, every girl was named Elfgefje in royalty, in Anglo-Saxon royalty. Little fun fact. Okay, back to history. Edmund was kill eventually killed in a brawl, and since his sons were still young children, you know, because, you know, baby kings, that, that doesn't end up well for anyone, really. He was succeeded by his brother, who was of age, Edred, Edred? Yeah, I think that's how I said it. It's spelled E-A 
D-R-E-D. Edred, I think. I'm going to go with Edred. Edred was, who was in turn succeeded by Edmund's older son, Edwig, in 955. But at the age of 15, Edwig became king of England, but his reign was very short-lived and was tarnished by a lot of disputes with the noblemen and just the men in the church. And, like, he just got into a lot of, like, mess in general. Like, it was very messy, but we're not focusing on that since that's not part of our story. This is just a very brief oversight of what was going on in England at the time. Since Edwig Edwig died childless, he was succeeded by his younger half-brother, I mean, his younger brother. Why did I say half-brother? His younger brother, Edgar the Peaceful. And he is our current king in our story. And he will play a pretty big part. If you know, you know. I'm just warning you in advance. So, back to Elthrine. Okay, so, since we don't know about much about her life before she was married to a man... Um, let's talk about to when she was married. Let's talk about that. Because, you know, history does not record women unless they're married. And even then, it's like just barely. <laughs> At some point, Elthrine married Elthwald. Oh, God. These names. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's Ethelwald. Yeah, it's Ethelwald. She married Ethelwald, the Edelman the Edorman of East Anglia, and he was the son of Ethelstan, the half-king. And I also should mention that I read in, like, one source that Elthrine probably was, like, 11 years old when she was married. <laughs> I don't like it here. I really don't like it here. Uh, I, I really hope she was not 11 when she was married. I know with no women, they're usually married super young, nobles and royalty I know they like to marry young but I really hope she was not that young I really hope she wasn't now let's get into the famous legend surrounding Elthrine okay so you guys if you heard of her you probably know this story about her so the story goes of how this marriage probably went down according to William of Malmesbury who lived way after these events happened, by the way, which that seems to be the case with all the stories. It's usually written down like 100 or 200 or many years later after the actual event happened. Like with our subject Lady Godiva back in the first episode. Yeah, that happens a lot. So please take it with like a little bit of a grain of salt, if you will. So allegedly Edward not Edward, it's Edgar. I'm sorry, I'm currently researching war- the Wars of the Roses, so the name Edward is kind of on my tongue at the moment. Let that be a spoiler alert for a future episode, okay? So Edgar, not Edward, sorry, Edgar had heard rumors about Elthrine's alleged beauty, and he asked Ethelwald to see if the rumors were true. Is sh- this girl really as beautiful as everyone says she is? So Ethelwald sought her out he went to find her and when he did find her he was struck by her beauty the tales were true the girl was a complete smoke show (laughs) 
And he was so enamored with Elthrine that he married her himself and reported to Edgar that the tales of her beauty, that they weren't true. That they're just overhyping her. Like, she's not all that pretty. I mean, she's not that pretty. I mean, come on. And my thought process with this is how did he think he was going to get away with that? Like, he just lied to the king. (laughs) Like, how did you think you were going to get away with it? And don't you think the king... The guy you're very close to, by the way. Do you not, do you think that he's not going to want to know, hey, who is your new wife? Like, you think he's not going to ask any questions or anything? Like, that's what I'm, that's the problem I'm having with this story right here. Like, did he think Edward was just going to sit there and take it? Or that he was never going to meet this woman or what? I don't know. I'm, I'm ranting too much. Anyway, back to the story. So, Edward was to, I mean, Edgar, so Edgar was told all of this baloney by by Ethelwald and you know he decided to you know pay her Elthrine a visit and see for himself whether or not the girl was beautiful or not. He said that he was going he warned Ethelwald in advance that he was going to visit them and see Elthrine for herself. God these names are so similar. I'm so sorry if I'm screwing them up. <laughs> Ethelwald was very alarmed by this warning because, well, he's gonna be caught in a lie. So, of course, he's like freaking the hell out and is like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And then he eventually comes up with the idea to ask Elthrine to make herself as unattractive as possible for the king's visit. Thinking... Once again, I don't know what's this guy's thought process. Is he just dumb or is he just... No, he. I think he's just a little dumb. That's what I think he is. Or he just doesn't think things through. Because he thought like, oh, this in this time before like really any beauty products really existed. He And this girl is already so pretty. He thought that like, oh, just dress raggedy and then he's not going to be attracted to you. Like... Some guys would, like, would, like, some guys would, like, literally sleep with a watermelon if it looked right. I don't think, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that, but, like, I don't think, like, her dressing kind of raggedy would, would make the king not like her. I mean, they'll, they'll chase anything in a skirt, so, (laughs) so I don't know what his thought process was, but... He told Elthrine to, hey, hey girl, don't make yourself look cute. Like, the king's coming. I don't want him looking at you. And Elthrine, being herself, was like, no, I'm gonna be cute. I am cute. I am the moment. I am that girl. So I'm gonna dress up cute if I want to dress up cute. And that's exactly what she did. She did the exact opposite of what her husband told her to do. She dressed up very good in her Jules Eleganza and was very, and just made herself look very, very good. And so when she met Edgar, he was completely besotted with her. He was into her and he realized the rumors were true. She was extremely beautiful. Edgar was extremely extremely besotted with Elthrine and you know since he found out that Ethelwald was a liar and you know lied about her beauty married her and he just he just betrayed the king in like every sense of the word basically so he so Edgar invited Ethelwald to go with him on hunting trip and so they were out hunting and that's when Edgar killed Ethelwald 
Yeah, it, this is very, very rough. This is rough. Now, let's get back to actual history, okay? That's how the story goes. So, back to actual history. We don't know actually how Ethelwald died or whether this story was true or not. We do know that Elthrine was married to Ethelwald, but under what circumstances, we don't know for sure. And earlier sources, probably closer to the time period, make no mention of Ethelwald's death or like the cause of his death especially. Except for the fact that we do know that he died for sure in 962. And that Ethelwald and Ethelrine do not have any children. No children were, were made in this marriage. Probably because she was very young. Once again, I hate this time period. I hate history. I hate history when it comes to like marriage and stuff like that. It's just, it's just so icky. Especially in the nobility and royalty. It's, it's, it's very icky here. I don't like it. So yeah, the young Elthrine, wow, these names. So the young Elthrine is now a widow, you know, since her husband's dead, probably, you know, either 9th century causes, or maybe it would be 10th century, actually, because this is the 900s. Anyway, it's the 900s, anything could have killed him in particular. I mean, like, a paper cut could kill you back then, so, like, also murder was, like, kind of you know more of a thing back then so like i don't know it really could have been anything anything could have killed that man for all we know but i feel like it doesn't really help the rumors the fact that um whether this event actually happened or not because elthrine was married to edgar two years later and so yeah that kind of doesn't help the rumor of like you know edgar possibly killing her first husband Yikes, is all I have to say, yikes. So Edgar married Elthrine in either 964 or 965. We don't know which one for sure, but we know around that time is when they got married. Now, Edgar had two children before he married Elthrine. Both are kind of questionable in their legitimacy because Edgar the Peaceful, spoiler alert, was not that peaceful when it came to love. <laughs> the dude got around. Let's say he got around and he was kind of problematic in his marriages, actually. I will probably get more into his wives, his other two alleged wives, um, in another episode because I think that's an interesting subject to talk about. But I'm going to kind of breeze through it a little bit you know so let's get into it so edgar had a son from his first marriage which we don't even know if that marriage was legitimate we we have no idea if that marriage was legitimate or not and they had a son named edward and you know he was the son of his first wife elf ethel fled yeah ethel fled yeah I don't know. We don't really know much about that woman, so... Yeah, or, or whether they were even married, we don't really know. So, yeah. His legitimacy is questionable, to say the very least. Then Edward got married. Um, 
I put Mary in quotation marks. I know you can't see it because, you know, this is a podcast. This is audio, not visual. So I know you can't see my quotation marks, but I put in insane quotation marks around the married because he allegedly married Idgifu, Idgifu, who would be later known as St. Edith of Wilton who was a nun he abducted allegedly abducted and you know married and yeah they had a daughter named wolf thrine these names i swear if it's not the ea it's the thrine or it's wald or it's ethelfled or like i don't know it's just these names oh my god it's just these names wow so i probably will do an episode on edith and Wolf Thrine, because I think that story is, once again, like I just mentioned, that this is so scandalous. I have to do an episode on that. But yeah, let's get back to Elthrine and her children with Edgar. So in 966, Elthrine gave birth to a son named Edmund, but sadly, Edmund died young. He died in around 970. Oh, that's so sad. Child mortality was really bad back then. But in 968, Elthrine gave birth to a second son who they named Ethelred. Keep him in mind, please. Keep him in mind. So let's get on to the most, one of the most important parts of Ethel, not Ethelfred. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, these names are getting to me. And Elthrine, I'm sorry, that name is, for some reason, it just doesn't roll off the tongue, you know? You know? since we don't really have many girls named Elthrine running around nowadays. So yeah, let's get into Elthrine's time as Queen of England. So on May 11th, 973, Edgar had a possible, maybe, second coronation in Bath. Now, we don't really... This could have been a second coronation, but I, I read a little bit about this and that he could have had a first coronation or this could have been his coronation. We just don't know. I, I don't know about that. I didn't look at that into it. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. But, but, a massive but, Elthrine was crowned queen beside him during his coronation, which is something that had not been done for an Anglo-Saxon queen consort since the 9th century, century, sorry, with Judith of Flanders. But with Judith of Flanders, this took place outside of England. So it kind of, you know, I don't know if it really counted or not since it took place outside of England. But with Elthrine, this was the first known coronation of a queen of England. And in this new ceremony, em emphasis, I'm sorry, emphasis was laid on her role as the protector of religion and nunneries in the realm. So yeah, our girl Elthrine is probably the first crowned queen of England. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting accomplishment to have, you know, to be the first to do something, especially, you know, be crowned queen, you know. We love that. We love that for her. We love that. And yeah, this is really like and Elthrine's coordination really set it really set precedent for like how a queen should be crowned and how a queen consort in general, how, sh how should her role be in the government, like how 
should she like really rule in general alongside her husband. This really set the precedent for how that was supposed to be done. So let's get more into what happened. So according to the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography, there is a contemporary account around the time of the coronation that depicts Eltherine feasting with many abbots and abbesses wearing a silken gown store sewn why did I say sore? Sewn with pearls and precious stones. She bougie. That's all I'm getting at. She is very bougie. And it's her coronation day. Of course they're gonna go all out. I mean, come on. How many times do you get a coronation? I mean, come on. The coronation was an important display for Edgar and Eltherine as a way to like emphasize the fact that this is a legitimate marriage, okay? Because I know Edgar has had these questionable marriages. He really wanted to make sure, okay, this is my wife. This is your queen. Look at her. We're legitimate. The, our kids are legitimate. This is good, right? This is good, yeah. Eltherine's new position as the consecrated queen of England gave her surviving son, Elth Ethel. Ethelred, I'm sorry, I don't know why I screwed that up. Ethelred, it gave him seniority over Edgar's oldest son, Edward, whose mother was never really queen. And once again, we don't even know if they were even married, which is like the most frustrating part. Like, is he even legitimate or not? Like, it's just, it's just so weird, like how Edgar managed to let something like this happen. Like, he managed to let like the legitimacy of his children be questionable like like later kings of england would never do that so it's interesting to see how back then they kind of did so let's talk about eltherine and how she was as a queen of england okay so as queen eltherine took a close interest into the well-being of several abbeys and was the overseer of barking abbey she deposed and then reinstated the abbess there because, um, well, it's kind of petty, actually. She kind of deposed the abbess because she was a cousin of Edgar's second wife. Yeah, you know, Edith, that girl, Edith, yeah. Althrine played a big role as an advocate for several le le legal cases. Why was that so difficult for me? I don't understand. She was the advocate for several, for seven legal cases that we know of. As such, she formed a key part of the Anglo-Saxon legal system as a mediator between the individual and the crown. Which, that's pretty impressive, the fact that she was like, you know, being involved in legal cases. Like, we never really see queens do that, especially in this time period. We never really see queens have this much power. And, you know, the fact that Eltherine is giving this much power, well, you know, that's really interesting. And, you know, I definitely think Edgar definitely loved her if he was allowing her this much room to breathe and this much room to exert her power. Eltherine's actions as the mediator of these legal cases were largely for the benefit of the women because her role as a mediator shows the fact that, hey, women could possibly have a role in legal and political power in Anglo-Saxon England, which is just great in general. I think that's so great. Like, she was opening the door for, like, women to be involved in legal cases and politics in general, which I think is amazing. Good for her. Good for you, Elthrine. 
And things were going great for Elftharine as queen. Like, she was nailing it. She was doing everything right. She had the son. You know, she's, you know, getting involved with ch the church. You know, she's doing all these legal cases. You know, it was, it was good for her. Until it wasn't. So, sadly, Edgar the Peaceful unexpectedly died on July 8th, 975. At the age of 32, he was very young. But once again, it was like the 900s. Like, anything could have killed him, to be honest. And yeah, it was very unexpectedly, that fact that he died so young. And it, I didn't really look into his death, but it was kind of out of nowhere that he died. So, that's crazy. And so now, sadly, as a widow... Elthorine tried to press her son's claim to the throne because, you know, Elthelred was, you know, he was still just, you know, he was very little. He was only seven years old, but he was legitimate. And, you know, and since he was legitimate, you know, he had a claim to the throne and, you know, he should be the king because, once again, he's legitimate. But, meanwhile, Edgar's oldest son, the 12, maybe 13-year-old Edward, was possibly illegitimate but he was closer in age to being an adult or like what was considered an adult back then so ed edward i almost said edgar wow now i'm confusing the names i'm sorry there's all these names are just so similar we had edgar now we have edward so like i'm sorry if i'm getting them confused <laughs> so since Edward was closer in age to being an adult, he was the more popular choice. And Edward's claim to the throne was supported by many like of the powerful people in England at the time. Like the Archbishop Dunstan and Oswald and the brother of Eltharine's first husband, Ethelwine. And yeah, that's probably not a good thing, the fact that her... like. The guy, the brother of the guy she was married and who was possibly murdered, was working against her. Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised actually. But Elthrine was not going to take that thing down. She kept pressing for her son's claim, and she tried rallying support for her son. And yeah, the people on her side were well, Elthrine herself, now as the Dowager Queen, no longer the Queen, and Bishop Elthwald of Winchester. Elfhair, the elderman of Mercia, and yeah, that's that's really all the people who were supporting her. Her son was not as popular of a choice as Edward was, and she couldn't get enough supporters for her son's claims. So Edward ended up becoming king of England. That must have been a low blow for Elthrine's ego, because you know that sucked. And yeah, I probably think she would have been like mad because like her son wasn't being made king and also upset because of the fact like this kid is like possibly illegitimate like my son is legitimate it's like why like i think that probably would have irritated her i think even more because back then you know about like legitimacy people were like really like weird about that so yeah she probably felt like a superiority to this kid over here so yeah that must have not felt good for her Edward's reign as King of England was not a very good one. 
considering the fact that one, he was still a kid, and two, the fact that his regents and the nobles all around him were taking advantage of him and his weakness and his youth as a boy king. Like, mm, this was not very good. And as Edward got a bit older, you know, like, you know, he just started to, you know, have some beef with the nobles. He started, you know, fighting back a little bit more and that was not a very good thing. He, he, he definitely had some bad blood with some of the nobles there. Because, you know, he just wasn't, you know, trying to be taken advantage of anymore. Poor kid, I feel so bad for like these baby kings because like they're 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 so little. They don't need a job, they don't need you know all this responsibility. As Queen's podcast has said, babies don't need jobs, and I agree entirely because this baby did not need a job. And Edward's short reign was brought to an end by his death at Corfe Castle on March eighteenth. 978 in circumstances that are just not clear whatsoever so the story goes that edward was out hunting or was in the area in general and specifically went to visit his stepmother elthrine and his half-brother ethelred so he possibly could have been there to see them or he he just was out there in general since the mother and son were staying at Coive Castle, that's where Elthrine retired, you know, as the Dowager Queen of England. However, how, however, what am I saying? Oh my god. However, he did send a message that he would be calling for them, and Elthrine's servants were waiting the young king when he came through the gate. When he arrived, he arrived with a small retinue, like a small amount of people. So while he was still sitting on his saddle on his horse, he was handed a drink, and then he was stabbed. Mm, Oh my god. This must have been a horrific sight, as the king's horse panicked, bolted, and then raced off with Edward's foot still stuck in the, you know the thing with the horses? You know, where you put your feet. Yeah, I think his foot was stuck in that. So, the dying king was sadly dragged behind his horse. Oh, that sounds like... That sounds like a really horrible death, to be honest. Like, be stabbed and then your horse drags you. That's just very, very rough. Poor Edward. He was so... He was still so young. He was like 15. So, yikes. And Edward was quickly buried in a very quiet funeral to avoid, you know, all the scandal surrounding him and, you know, his very untimely death. So, yeah, he was quickly buried and that didn't go as planned because, you know, people found out about the young king's death, obviously, and they found out the fact that he was murdered and the young king had had developed into a cult, okay? A cult had developed around him, and he just became a cult figure and a martyr, and that's why he is now known as Edward the Martyr. So I find that just so weird that a cult, like, okay, I I know cults back then are not the same as cults now. Cults now are just very very weird, and I just do not want to be involved, or even breathe near one. But I just find it so weird the fact that a cult surrounded him. 
I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's hard not to think about that in the modern sense, you know? Like, a cult is a cult, nonetheless. So, why I mentioned the story is the fact that Elthrine was accused of being the person behind Edward's murder. So, Elthrine was one of the main suspects of, like, being the one who arranged the murder. Because, let's look at at the facts. She had a motive, okay? She wanted her son to be the King of England, and not this kid, Edward. So, she definitely had a motive. She definitely, like, once again, it was at her place. It was at Coif Castle, so... So, it's, it's really not looking good for her. And one version of the story is just... Ugh, I, I can't with it, okay? And allegedly, Eltherine's servants... Elthrine ordered one of her servants to stab Edward right then and there on his horse. Ah, this is just looking very rough for her. She's being, and for centuries, she's still being thought of as the murderer of Edward the Martyr. But the thing is, we don't know for sure if she was involved with this at all. One version of the story says that she goes as far as to kill him herself and just stab him herself, which, oh my god. And that she did this to clear her son at the Red's way to be king of England. A 12th century monastical chronicle or states the fact that he goes as far as to accuse Elthrand of being a witch and claiming that she not only murdered the king but also that she murdered the abbot Brithnarth of Th- of L- I-, I knew I screwed up the name but she mar- she murdered allegedly murdered some abbots is what he started trying to say Elthrand's reputation never recovered after Edward's death she was always viewed as the wicked stepmother stereotype that we all have in our heads, you know, like in Cinderella and Snow White. That's the role that Elthrine was given after Edward's death. She was just viewed as this evil, wicked woman. But the thing is, we don't even know if she was involved. I mean, like, it, it, it does look really sketchy. I'm not gonna lie. This looks very, very, very sketchy. But... And I know she had a motive, and I know, but, like, the thing is, we just don't know if she actually did it. Because another theory suggests the fact that, well, Edward was a really, um, was not a very popular king in his lifetime. He wasn't really popular. I mean, he was easily taken advantage of. He was easily swayed. And he didn't get, he did get into some fights with the nobles, so the theory, another theory suggests that maybe one of the nobles who he pissed off killed him and said, you know what, screw this kid, let's put his brother in instead of him. He's not going to listen to us anyway, so we might as well just get rid of him. I mean, it's a possibility. It's not at all a stretch because, you know, like, once again, some of the nobles, a lot of them are really entitled, so the fact that one could possibly be entitled enough to kill a king, a little boy king, so, you know, it's 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 a possibility, I'm saying the least. But once again, we don't know if Elthrine killed Edward for sure. But all we do know is the fact that she became extremely unpopular after the king's death. Within a year of Edward's death, and just a few months after his reburial, which was actually, that was by popular demand because the people wanted Edward to be buried, you know, like a king. And he wasn't really buried like a king, he was just buried like really fast and very quickly, which is why 
this also looks really suspicious as well. So now we have the 10-year-old Ethelred confirmed as the king of the English. Ethelred was crowned at Kingston in Surrey on May 4th, 979. And due to Ethelred's, you know, the fact that, well, he's 10, um, Elthrine served as regent for her son until he came of age, which was about in 984. She and her regency council ruled quietly and effectively, but they ruled with an iron fist. Do not get her twisted. Do not mess with her is what I'm trying to say. But by 984, her earlier allies, Ethelwald and Elthir, had died, and Ethelred had rebelled against his old advisor, preferring advisors, sorry, because he preferred to have a a group of younger nobles surrounding him. He didn't want these old dudes over here telling him what to do. He just wanted to, you know, talk to some younger people. You know, get their opinion. And you know what? I kind of can't blame him. Like, why would he want to be surrounded by a bunch of old-ass men anyway? Like, when he could be surrounded by people his own age. Even when Ethelred was old enough to rule alone, Elthrine did not retire completely. No, you were not going to get rid of her that easily. This mother was not going to go anywhere. <laughs> Helicopter mom of the year, she's not leaving. So... Following Elthred's marriage to Elfgifia of York, there's that name again, um, it was Elthrine who actually had the responsibility of raising their firstborn son and their children in general. Their firstborn son, an Elfling, Ethelstan, was, you know, very close to his grandmother, Elthrine. Like, he was very close to her. And when he died, tragically young at the age of 20 in 1014, he spoke very warmly about his grandmother in his will and talking about how she raised him and that he just he just was very fond of her and that's just so sweet in my opinion that's just so sweet but in case you forgot you know amidst all this scandal surrounding her Elthrine was a very religious woman after all as many women and people in general were back then she founded several convents in Adnansbury and Werewell. Oh my god, these names. And her granddaughter eventually would become the abbess of one of these plays, one of these convents. I didn't write down which one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, her granddaughter would become abbess of one of these abbeys. And it was to the the convent of Werewell where Queen Elthrine would eventually retire from her time at, in the limelight, in court in general, and sometime before the year 1000. She died there on November 17th in either, in either 999, 1000, or 1001. And that's the end of the life of Elthrine of Devon. The Anglo-Saxon helicopter mom, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry I had to crack a joke. I never said it was a good one, though. So let's talk about her legacy. What a legacy this woman must have left. Okay, so Elthrine of Devon is a very polarizing figure, to say the very least. 
After over a thousand years after her death, Elthrine's actions and reputation are still being debated by historians and people. Anyone who's heard her story feels some type of way about her. Is she really the wicked stepmother that she is painting out to be? Or is she just the victim of misogyny as many women throughout history were? Because, you know, any woman who wants power is evil. Evil. I'm sorry I had to make a Spongebob reference, but, you know, that's just how, that's just the reality of women in history. You know, women in history, they're very vilified, especially in, in, you know, these time periods. Any strong, independent woman would be blamed for any crimes, even crimes she may have not even committed. But still, for the sake of misogyny, they'd be like, yep, she did it. Wicked woman. She murdered that kid. She did it. Who cares? We're not going to look into it, but she probably did it anyway. <laughs> because how dare she want power? How dare she want anything for herself? How dare she want something good for her son? How dare she? But the thing is, I just don't know. Even after this entire rant, I I still don't know if she murdered Edward or not. I'm, I mean, like, there's a lot there to implicate her, but I just don't know if she did it or not. Or whether she was even capable of murdering someone in general. Like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think she did it herself. If she did it, I don't think she did it herself. I think she probably would have had a servant do it for her. Because, once again, she was used to being a queen of England. Like, they don't do things for themselves, much less murder. So, I don't know. Aside from, you know, the possible murder that Elthrine was implicated in, her career and influence cannot be denied. She was just not the... She was not only just a pretty face, she was also a political force to be reckoned with. She was the first crowned queen of England and was given prestige and honors no other woman before her ever had. Her daughter-in-law, Elfgafia of York, was never crowned and never was afforded the title or the luxuries that Eltherine would exert throughout her lifetime. The next crowned Queen of England would be Ethelred's second wife, Emma of Normandy, who he married after his mother's death. And I will definitely do an episode on Emma of Normandy. I already promised that in my Lady Godiva episode. I will do it. I will talk about Emma of Normandy because there's a lot to talk about with her. And, you know, can't wait to get into that. Because, no, I am not leaving Anglo-Saxon England anytime soon. But probably in, not this season, but probably another one. Because I spent enough time here. I spent enough time in this era. And, you know, we need to talk about other eras too. Like, not just Anglo-Saxon England. So, yeah. That's the story of Elthrine of Devon. The helicopter mom of Anglo-Saxon England. And the possible wicked stepmother who might maybe we don't know if she murdered her stepkid i don't know if she did it like what do you guys think like please let me know if you think she did it um i will be once again i do have a tiktok um it's at drama queens of history you know let me know over there if you think Elthrine was really you know if you think she really did do it or not I don't know. This feels a little bit like a true crime episode. Like, I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts, and, like, this reminds me a lot of one, because, you know, we talked about murder, so, yep. And 
Yeah, this was very interesting. I thank you for joining me and talking about, you know, whatever this was. <laughs> thank you for talking to me about history. I really enjoy it. And once again, follow me on TikTok. I will be making an Instagram soon. Um, yeah, I just got to see, like, how do I do that? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, I know how to do it, but, like, I you know how to figure... I gotta, like, you know, do actually do it and not put it off like I always do. So, yeah, thank you for joining me. Um, once again, I'll see you in another episode. And thank you for listening. And bye!